This is I Want to Praise You with your host, Darren Flores. Forever, come on.
to praise you comedian jeff giant talk show host halloran hill and dr milton brown and this week one of my favorite persons on the whole planet probably in the whole universe i call him dr larry tinsley tall talented and totally sold out on jesus and one of the best broadcasters in the city of atlanta georgia og extraordinaire 
Larry Tinsley from the Larry Tinsley Gospel Show on V103. What's up, Larry? I'm doing fine, Darren Flores. Thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Yes, sir, Larry. We got a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. We go back a ways, you know. Yeah, we go back like Cadillac seats. (laughs) (laughs) We go way back. All right, so let's tell the story, Larry. The reason why Larry is on the show today, because one of our very special friends, my mentor, and probably in his case, a mentor too, uh, the, the voice of urban radio for years. When I met him, he was... The voice of 90% specifically urban radio stations. That's what they like to call it now, Larry. Mm -hmm. In the country, Mitch Faulkner has passed away. And this show and this podcast is dedicated to him. Larry and I got started with Mitch Faulkner. Larry, I just want you to tell that story and just let the listeners know how we even got to this point. Yeah. Well, you know, I came up with the idea of doing a syndicated show called America's Gospel Spotlight back in the early 90s. And Mitch was my producer starting out. He put he put together my uh, my uh, audition tape for all the stations and everything and was my producer for a while. Uh, but then uh, Mitch had so many other duties to do. He said, he said, I got to turn you over to somebody else. And uh, so he said, I got this guy that's coming in and he wants to learn about radio. And he said, I'd like them to assist you doing, doing your, your show. And it was you, Darren Florence. That's right. And we met and we, met, <laughs> and we did America's Gospel Spotlight for five years at On My Productions. And Mitch and our investor did not charge us a single dime to do it. And we made, we made no money. <clears throat> I mean, we did it, just, we did it to, as unto the Lord because we made no profits on that show. But it was a show that we did, and we got up to 125 radio stations before V103 called me to work for them with, under a full contract. So that's how you and I got together, uh, as me doing America's Gospel Spotlight, and you were my producer. And you stayed with me for five years, and I'm, and I'm eternally grateful to this day for all that you did for me back then. I appreciate it. I lift my hands in total adoration of to you. For you are God and God alone Because of you my cloudy days are gone I can sing to you this song I just want to say that I love you more than anything I live my hands in soul No. 
don't know how many of you really love him today. But I love him with my whole heart, my mind, and my soul, everything that is within me. I love Jesus. Man, Larry, <laughs> those were some of the best days of my life because at that moment that Mitch turned the keys over to me, that's when he, he turned the syndicated production side of On Mic over to me. Okay. At the same okay. time, like your show, if it was uh, Tom Joyner or Steve Harvey needed something, I was responsible for all the long form syndicated shows. So not only did he teach me how to do production and commercial station imaging and how to speak on a microphone, but I remember the time I told you, man, my brakes had went out on the car and I had <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have no brakes. I had to coast all the way to, to the studio. <laughs> so many, I mean, we, rain, sleet, or snow, we would not fail every week to get that show done like you said we didn't want no money no fame no accolades and to this day larry i believe that's one of the reasons why i do this podcast because it's like a crease in my brain now to get my praise on with this type of music every weekend because of you and your influence because it's not just mitch we were a family we were yeah and um I used to tell me so many stories like, for example, ladies and gentlemen, Larry Tinsley was one of the first people that worked with James Brown at his radio stations and used to tell me the stories about James Brown. You, uh-huh. you also told me, whenever you put something on the air, D, that's your best foot forward. Put your best work out because you never know who's listening. That's right.
The July, who works on the fourth? Everybody, bro, let me tell you something. You don't understand it, those uh, uh, firecrackers, inmates, or bullets, or guns. Hey, man. that's you real talk. Wait a minute, that. play. You said something real that time because even here in Atlanta, I was like, wait a minute, I don't know who. If that's, that's right. a firecracker or these, these right. folks shooting that's out. Right. <laughs> mm, mm, I said, man, that ain't no firecracker. <laughs> you know what 4th of July is called now? It's called Purge. I know that's. <laughs> it's the purge for 24 hours. That's funny. They can whoever they want. You can't tell us a firecracker. That's funny. That's too funny. Hey, play yeah. this week. Listen, yeah. we honoring the legendary Mitch Faulkner, man. He's the voice of urban radio, so-called black radio, from New York to L.A., from Miami to Seattle, and all radio stations in between. He passed away. Couple of weeks ago, he, oh, man, he taught yeah, me know, everything. Play so my right. heart go out to him. We honoring and celebrating. We giving him his flowers. Play so because of him, we have our podcast. And so, what yeah. do you think about that? Oh man, I love it, man. You know, for you and the way you came on this, man, and how you've been—I mean, everybody loves your voice when they don't even know it's you. Be from uh, 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 high school. College, when you talk now, man, with uh, your radio voice, they call me up and say, Who is that? Who is that guy? Like, Darren, they say, Darren, who? <laughs> I was like, Darren, they say, Darren, who? <laughs> For real, man. So I appreciate whoever this guy is, man. If he's that bad, and I think I heard the one, yeah, I love it when my man said, Oh, I'm getting that down. Rip off the knob. <laughs> like that man i mean like oh this dude is nice yeah, i mean the sayings that he had too man and that voice man yeah man rest in peace to the legendary mitch Faulkner, man we- mitch, mitch is gone get off my phone man i gotta go man i gotta go talk to my boy hey, man play hey, man, mitch you okay mitch you <laughs> Play. I'm gonna holler at you next bitch. week, man. Hey, tell that bitch I still love. Hey, get off my phone. Peace. my man. When you become a believer, your spirit is made right. But sometimes the soul doesn't get the notice. It has a hole in it due to things that's happened in the past. 
hurt, abuse, molestation. But we want to speak to you today and tell you that God wants to heal the hole in your soul. Some people's actions are not because their spirit is wrong, but it's because the past has left a hole in their soul. May this wisdom help you get over your past and remind you that God wants to heal the hole in your soul. I have my sister Leandria here. She's going to help me share this wisdom and tell this story. Cause all I seem to do is hurt me
who's listening. That's right. So That's you right. got to you talk to, about uh, that. Make man. sure that you're on point every time you open that mic. It, that when you open that mic, it's very, very uh, important because people are out there listening to what you have to say. They're tuned in to you, first of all, because you they look at you as family, you know, because they invite you into their homes and their cars, you know, with that music and the words that you say. That's right. So it's very important to have to be on point with everything that you say and do. And not just on the radio, but also in public as well as, as a public person. That's right, Larry. And so what I've done with this podcast is surround my family that I went to high school and college with and interview people that I know that the rest of the world necessarily doesn't know. Like the city of Atlanta knows who you are because you're on the air here. Right. But my listeners like, who's Larry Tinsley? So these are the stories that are interesting. So I want you to give them a little background about yourself and then segue into how how we became friends. You already touched on that and how we get into this moment of celebration for Mitch.
Okay, well, I first started uh, in radio. Well, I, I had the desire to do radio starting when I was 15 years old. I walked into a radio station in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I was blown away by the knobs and the, the music that DJ was playing, how smooth he was, how well-dressed he was. And I, I, went, I went home and told my mother, I said, Mama, I said, that's what I want to do when I grow up. And she said, you want to be a jive talking disc jockey? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yes, I do. I want to be a disc jockey. Why, why, why they always give us that give us that, that term and make it, you know, there's no money in there. There's no consistency in that business. <laughs> yeah, right. But that's what she said. She said, you can't make any money. You can't retire doing that. Right. And I, and I said, but mom, I said, that's what I want to do someday. And she said, well, if that's what you want to do, I'm with you 110%. And that's how I started in Knoxville, Tennessee. And then I got my first job. James Brown promised me my first full-time job when I graduated from college. And uh, that's how I met him. And he was loyal all the way uh, to the time that I left. And when I left to come to Atlanta, he flew into Knoxville, Tennessee to ask me to stay. Wow. And uh, we, st- we were in the control room. The announcer could not go on the air or anything mm. because he was, he was trying to convince me to stay. And uh, but I told him my mind was made up and I was coming home to Atlanta. And after that, we still remained friends down through the years. Good wow. Brother. And then all this, I had about 20 years of radio under my belt. And then I met you at All Mike Productions. And then you sustained me with, with uh, America's Gospel Spotlight. And Darren, we were in the studio sometimes at 3 o'clock in the morning. Consistently. Yes. Consistently. And, and didn't change a word about it. Just, just looking for perfection on the program. Trying to, do, <clears throat> trying to put our best foot forward with the best program we could. Nothing feels better than to know you. And nothing's more important than to show you. That nothing comes close to what the vibe is. Nothing's more exciting than the time spent with you. No one but you can love me true. How you love me when you love me and you tell me everything is going to be all right. And you mean the world to me You are my everything And I never, no, never, never ever wanna know what it's like without you I wanna wake up to you every day I think I feel like this forever As long as we're together Wanna know you each and every way I promise to be honest when I speak to you Wanna put you at the top of my list Wanna walk in like I talk it Wanna give you everything Please tell me that you're rocking
Yeah. So, Larry, let me talk about that. Okay. So, America's Gospel Spotlight was the show that uh, Larry and I did each and every week. And uh, as he told you, I, I am still <laughs> and was the producer <laughs> for that show for many years. And, um, and it, was a, it was a love relationship. And one of the unique things that we did with that show, Larry, is when you talked or got on the microphone, I always would find gospel jazz to make you sound like a real player because you always want to look good. Because if you look good, you sound good. And if you sound good, they pay good. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They pay so, good. Yes, they do. <laughs> he said, yes, they do. So with that being said, um, <clears throat> I always wanted to surround you with music that would enhance your voice. I always noticed that you wrote everything down. One of the rules that I learned working at All Mike and with Mitch Faulkner is never open the mic unless you know exactly what you're going to say and do. That's right. That's right. Yeah, be prepared. And so I yeah. learned that from you. But on this particular podcast, like I told you before, um, I wanted to be more personable. I wanted to give it a family feel. It still seems like somebody's just in your house having a conversation. Of course, mm -hmm. we're professional mm -hmm. broadcasters. And so it's exciting for me to have you in the living room kick back and we're talking about an old friend that we love dearly and giving him his flowers right now.
Yeah. Well, Mitch, uh, the one thing I liked about Mitch most was his professionalism and that he was a giver. You know, he, he was always trying to help somebody. If you walked into Don Mike Productions with a desire to want to be a broadcaster, he would take you under his wing and say, hey, come on, man, I'll do all I can to help you. That's just the kind of guy he was. And Mitch and, and Mitch and I became, became friends when I turned him down for a job, D. Mm. Yeah, he, he walked in. When he came in from Hopkinsville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. one of the first stops he made was WAOK. Okay. I was the pro, I was a program director there. Uh-huh. And he came in, he said, he said, Mr. Tins, I said, no, call me Larry. He said, well, Larry, I'm looking for a job. And he said, uh, and he played his uh, audition tape for me, which was had that Faulkner flavor all over it. So what did and you th- hold up, Larry? What did you think about his production and his skills at that moment? That's what I. That's what I'm. I'm, I'm leading to. Yeah. Because his his audition tape, his air check was was outstanding, uh-huh. and I, I wanted to hire him on the spot, but I had no room on my staff to do so. Oh wow! I mean, I, I'd have to fire about four key, well, one key announcer to bring him on. Right. And we were like family. And, and I told Mitch, I said, Mitch, I can't hire you as much as I want to. I said, but I'm guaranteeing you this. You're going to have great success in the broadcasting industry. I hear it in your voice and I hear it in your talent. And as you can see, well, <laughs> the rest is history. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's definitely one of the most signature voices in black radio. I mean, mm-hmm. he wasn't even on the air doing a syndicated show. And his name goes amongst Tom Joyner. Steve Harvey is one of the pinnacle of radio broadcasters in urban radio history yeah and um, right. you know i followed him he was the production director for the tom joiner morning show um for a couple of years right after you know um mike kind of um, fizzled out and so right. once when he came back from atlanta now i want to go do it so mm-hmm. i got hired there and one of my dreams was to work for tom joiner and for about four years I worked at Tom Joyner doing production and traffic, Larry, and um, and just still following in his foot. And he, the whole time I was there, he would call me and tell me what to do because he built that studio out. First of oh. all, let me say that the Tom Joyner Morning Show studio was built technically by Mitch Wagner. <laughs> I didn't know that. So I'm in his house and he's telling me what to do how he put it together and his friend ross and all the people out there was the education just seeing and experiencing that too
is I Want to Praise You, featuring comedian Jeff Giant, talk show host Halloran Hill, and Dr. Milton Brown. Here we go. Praise is what I do, and this is I Want to Praise You. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, one of the things about Mitch, um, he was really just an old country boy, man. He, yeah. Me and Mitch would get on the phone like, Mitchell, how you doing over here? We want to talk to you over here, these guys. 
<laughs> we want to get over here and see what's going on in them four-wheelers over here. We get, start talking like them old country white guys and just have a good time. He's so good. I mean, he, he'll actually sound like one of them cats and you'll be like, dang, this dude is too close. <laughs> Being from Hoptown, Kentucky, I'm like, that's real. He really liked that. He know about that tobacco out there. <laughs> Yeah. God gave you all the 
Yeah, well, I'll tell you a story because I, uh, many times I was on the air and Mitch would be on his way to uh, Stronghold Christian Church in uh -huh. Lithonia. Uh -huh. And he would call, he would call me on the hotline in the studio uh -huh. and see, he'd say, all right now, there it is in the Europe that's smoking with that good gospel music now. Keep it going now. <laughs> <laughs> and then I know you would hit him with, did you like that? I thought you would. <laughs> Classic, classic. Yeah, Freeland. we came up with that, man. We've been saying that since <laughs> 1947. <laughs> oh it, my it, goodness! It, it happened by accident. is a wealth of knowledge that Mitch surrounded everybody with. Like you said, it was an open door policy. If you were in broadcasting and radio, Mitch would welcome you in and give you a spot. Like it's almost like uh, the prodigal son. When he came back, you get a, a robe and a ring and they're going <laughs> to kill a fatty cat. And you didn't, you know, you didn't deserve it, but that's just how Mitch was. 
And yeah. I learned so much. I mean, Larry, when I first came to On Mic, we were still editing on two track reels. Mm-hmm. And, and by the time I left Mitch, I had learned eight track uh, and ultimately digital. And now we're on Pro Tools and Adobe and just a whole wealth of knowledge over the years. And so, yeah, thanks yeah. to Mitch. And so this is what I want you to do, Larry. You are the master of ceremonies. Once again, always and forever the master of ceremonies. But you're going to be holding court for his going away service, his celebration and homecoming. And I just wanted you to talk about, you know, what we're going to talk about Saturday. And, you know, the people we might see. We got a lot of loved ones we haven't seen in a long time. And there's a lot of people out here hurting, Larry. Like, I find myself just walking through the day and, all of a sudden I'm in tears having a memory about them and broke down and so I just want you to touch on that. This world has 
Let not your heart be troubled. This is Halloran Hilton Hill with another reason to praise. I remember my father would recite this every week in church. Let not your heart be troubled. If ye believe in God, believe also in me. For in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. I was reading it again and I looked at the punctuation and in the ESV it says, let not your heart be troubled if ye believe in me, believe also in God, for in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Question mark. Here's what's interesting about that. First of all, God has always been in the business of preparing the place before he puts you in it. He built the garden before he put Adam in it. He stood him up in a garden that had been prepared. He's always preparing. But what hooked me this time through as I thought about this verse and I thought about you and I thought about what's going on in the world today is this. Let not your heart be troubled or in the NIV, it says, do not let your heart be troubled. The word let. You know what struck me? I had to ask myself the question. Wait a minute. Do I have a say in how troubled I am? Can I will the anxiety away? How much anxiety and fear do I have about what's coming ahead? because I let it trouble me. I had a crazy situation this week. A guy said something to me before I spoke at an event and he was throwing a little bit of shade. And I got a little bit, you know, when I reflected on it, I got a little bit, uh, I was a little salty. And I was, I was about to like deal with this person about the issue and then because I was troubled, by the way. And then I heard God say, let not your heart be troubled. You don't have to be troubled. You don't have to let yourself be troubled. I'm like, God, are, are you telling me that I hold the key to the on-off switch of my daily anxiety and it's really rooted in whether or not I believe that you are preparing the space and place for me? every day and God was like yeah this is the day that the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb knit you in your mother's womb that verse goes on to say before I formed the days that you would live when he says let not your heart be troubled by the way he is saying I recognize that your heart is troubled and I have made a preparation for that. You don't have to let it trouble you. I don't know what's troubling you right now, but I know that you have a God that's already made a plan to deal with what's troubling you. Let God deal with what's troubling you so you don't have to let your heart be troubled. And that's another reason to praise. 
paper, paper. I read about tragedy. I stopped and I realized that it could have been me. Oh, oh, that could have been my mother. Or maybe even my big brother. But you kept them just like you kept me. I want to tell you that. took time out your schedule to come but i want to praise you i mean because of you and mitch i've been so groomed and influenced over the years and you you, you make me reach to a higher standard and i just want to thank you I, th- I thank mitch i can't wait to see you at the home going service and uh i'm so proud of you and what you're doing with, Thank you. I, with America's gospel spotlight and where it's where it's come from and where it's going to, I can't be professional <laughs> because I'm happy and sad at the same time. Larry. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. It broke my heart when I heard about Mitch's passing, and uh, but it's uh, it's up to us. It's up to us to carry on that tradition that he left that he ingrained in us. That's of right. Professionalism as broadcasters because he touched us all. And I was telling Ernest Davis, who was up there with us many nights. Yeah, one of one of one of our, one of our and, brothers. Uh, <laughs> one of our brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and I said, I said, I, we were backstage at the uh, uh, at a program uh, with Erica Campbell and others uh, 
one Sunday night at Mother's Day. And we talked about how I said, I said, Ernest, you know, we are graduates of on mic productions. And and Mitch was still here, you know, he had not passed at that time. Uh -huh. And he said, you know, you're right. I said, remember those late nights we stayed in the studio practicing and rehearsing our craft and everything? And we talked about Mitch that night as well. And Mitch called me a couple of weeks before he passed away. Right. And we talked about the medical challenges that he had. He was looking for music for a concert that was going to be going on in Stockbridge with uh, Donald Lawrence and I think uh, Tasha Gobsner and all that. And we had a great conversation that day. I had no idea that he had uh, only about a couple more weeks to live. So uh, just broke my heart when I heard it. Doug Steele gave me the call to tell What is this? Feel deep inside It keeps setting my soul on fire Whatever it is Whatever it is Whatever it is It won't let me Oh Makes me want to run on in Jesus' name.
That's actually how I met Mitch. Okay. You know, I used to cut hair over on Camelton Road in, a, in this pretty affluent barbershop, Camelton and Delow, his and hers back in the day, and I was the little young cat, fresh out of college, got my little communications degree. I want to work at V103. And our clients that were at that barbershop, Teddy Aston, Doug mm-hmm. Steele, Slack Johnson, Rodney Terry's father, I forget his name, but uh, all the great old school record reps, uh, Brenda, Brenda Smith. Do you remember Brenda Smith? From no, Warner Brothers Records? She used to work with Teddy over there, you know, okay. when, when they brought okay. Prince out. Um, yeah. But anyways, I think I met Mitch like at Jack the Rapper at one of those big conventions and they told me what he did and this guy is the voice of 90% of the black radio stations in the country doing their call letters, drops, ads, and promos. Mm-hmm. So um, I immediately said, I got to cut your hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, you cut a wonderful head of hair there, I'm telling you. And, and there's one thing I want to point out too is sometimes like three or two or three o'clock in the morning after we finished doing America's Gospel Spotlight, yeah. you would cut my hair as well. Yeah, Larry. <laughs> Well, see, that was my trick. That was my gimmick. I didn't tell everybody that I, you know, had worked in radio since I was 15 years old. But I just wanted to get close to the broadcasters that were in the city that were doing well. So I so I could, you know, do my thing. And so I knew being a barber and see, Larry, you know it. I make men look good for women. (laughs) I swell swag by the pound, Larry. <laughs> and so, yeah, you, Mitch, James, everybody that came in contact with me, you know, like we, like we said, you look good, you sound good. If you sound good, they pay good. And that's. They pay good. I want every worshiper in the house standing now. It's been a few years. Just when the devil said it was over. God said he was going to get some glory out of it. For your goodness and your glory. Inside your story.
First time we talked since Mitch passing. I was like, is there anything I could do? He said, Postman, I want a postman haircut. I want a crispy cut. Okay. Woo-wee. Hey Larry. Uh-huh. I, I start I couldn't I couldn't hold the tears back because yeah. I think both of he and I was crying because that's how Mitch was to call me. I need uh-huh. a cut, Paul. I need to get crispy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah, man. man. So that was that was a good memory, man. Yeah. I, I agree. Well, before I let your audience go and you go, I, I want to say one thing about you, Dean, because you and I go back a ways. It's been about what about thirty years now that we've yeah, known each other. Yeah, man, early nineties. Uh, yes, it's America's Gospel Spotlight, and I just want to let your audience know and you as well how much you mean to me as a brother. Love you, man. Love you so much. And you, 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 and and what we had was a great fellowship. It was more than a, than a program we were doing. It was a fellowship of love between two brothers right there in that studio that's that bonded it. together producing a powerful program that god could be proud of yeah. and you were with me 110 percent and uh, I, I applaud you and i appreciate you so much to this day for that i thank you for everything you did for me. it belongs to me salvation belongs 
belongs to me And I have everything To make salvation complete Cause I know the work is already done By the power of His blood I know it's mine It belongs to me
Hey man, it was like Jordan and Pippen, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yes. Phil Jackson, Larry, you know what? It's so it means so much to me, and um, it looks like we need to get the band back together. We talk, we're talking about on Mike and James and all the other cats. Everybody's calling each other and in this love fest. That means we got to do some shows and more productions, and uh, you got to come back and visit me on this podcast for sure. So. It's all, it's all love, Larry. You know I love you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It goes both ways. Yes. Anytime you need me, I'm there for you. Yes, I appreciate you, Larry. And uh, for, for Jeff Giant, for Halloran Hill and Dr. Milton Brown and yours truly, Darren Florence, we thank you. And until next week, ladies and gentlemen, you know how I do each and every week.
is I Want to Praise You, featuring comedian Jeff Giant, talk show host Halloran Hill, and Dr. Milton Brown. Praise is what I do, and this is I Want to Praise You. Just won't know I need love 
tell you something. It took an extraordinary love to love me. My wife might love my faults. God looks beyond my faults. I see every last need. Man, when I feel my worst, God lets me know that he loves me unconditionally. It's not an ordinary love. You can keep that love that changes. You love me on Tuesday, but then you tripping on Wednesday. You find another friend to love on Thursday. And when that friend don't want to have nothing to do with you, you come back to me on Friday. That's an ordinary love. I'm